Oh, that was a good movie. It, it was, was a lot of fun. Are we ready? Yep. And now from beautiful Austin, adjacent Leander, Texas, the most prolific independent film and entertainment podcast in the world. We talk shit about movies, so you don't have to. He is Clarkson. I am Jim, and we are the Film Thugs. Barbaric. And I am learning how to hit the post on those. <laughs> it took a little bit of work. Your fans can stick it, brother. And it wasn't easy, but by God, <sighs> I figured it out. So, uh, my phone. Quick talk on my phone. Quick yeah, talk on my yeah, phone. Yeah, so yeah. I. Uh, a week ago, <clears throat> my phone was being an anus. Yeah. It was just being a horrible, horrible bitch. So I, I takes it to the Apple store. I takes it. I get a genius appointment. I takes it there, and I says to the guy, he says, my phone's fucking up. He hooks up and runs literally every diagnostic that they have on it. And he says, this is weird because this, this phone is in perfect condition. For, for a fucking two-year-old two phone, they're not in this good a shape. Right. Uh, then he checked it, and he was like, Okay, why is Facebook using 60% of your battery? It was like, I, I do not know. Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, yeah, there's something wrong with that. There's a, so I deleted Facebook, and one other app was crashing. Apparently, I had like, uh, between the Facebook app, there was some software glitch in the, in the version I had, and the BuzzFeed app. There was some glitch that was crashing my phone, deleted both of them, no problems at all. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did you have to take a... Uh BuzzFeed trivia test? No, I didn't. Huh. I didn't. I was reading about that broad who's refusing to uh, <clears throat> to do marriages in Kentucky. Kim Davis? To, yeah, yeah, Kim Davis, mm -hmm. who my favorite thing is, no, Kim Davis is not Rosa Parks. No. She's the bus driver who refused no. to trip. And Rosa Parks isn't Claudette Colvin or yeah. Aurelia Browder or yeah. Mary Louise Smith or mm, nope. even Susie McDonald. No, and you don't know who any of those people are. Google people. it. Google it. Um yeah, the, it, uh, one of her one of her ex husbands because you know gay marriage is destroying the sanctity of marriage. So say the three men she's been married to <laughs> for a total of four yeah. marriages. Yeah, um, that, that you know she's being persecuted and all that. And as someone responded, that's like saying your law against me punching you in the face is interfering with my right to punch you in the face. Yeah, yeah this is one where folks let it go. This one for those who are staunchly opposed to it. The battle is lost and won. It's over. F just fucking let go. Don't worry about it. Let it go. Don't worry about it. To quote Frank Vincent Zappa, the in many ways patron saint of this show, uh, and I'm quoting off of the $1 million Frank Zappa dollar bill that I've got here. Right. The most important thing you can do in your life is to not interfere with somebody else's life. There you go. So bag it to fuck up, get it to fuck away, and lighten the shit up. She's cherry picking from her religion's uh, oh. sacred text because oh, goodness, someone yes. taught her to that does the same. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And let's face it, she is. We, Jim has a uh, wonderful term for this called a Burger King crown. Yes, Burger King crown. The yes. good guy badge. <laughs> I, ref I reference the good guy badge quite often. It yeah. is not ours. It's not original. No. It's. Oh. It's Tony Levy's slash yeah. Anton LaVey. I don't, he mm -hmm. may have stolen yeah. it, for all I know. Yeah. But he's the one, uh, because as Jim Goad said on a recent podcast, mm -hmm. I want to sound like fo I'm 14 and reference Anton LaVey. Right. Here we are. Yes. Uh, he's the one that I first heard good guy badge. Right. And it's right. apt. It's it very is apt. apt. It's very apt. More apt than, than <laughs> usual. But 
Burger King crown. crown. That is entirely original. That's, that is totally yeah. mine, and it is used to symbolize somebody who is allowing uh, the the smallest bit of power imaginable to go to their heads. Mm-hmm. I uh, <clears throat> it, it stemmed from this guy that I worked with who once drove the bus for Texas State University, and he's like, yeah, I'd get the bus on the highway and cut immediately over to the left-hand lane and go just right under the speed limit and watch all the people behind me get pissed. Because, you know, going faster in there, it only saves you da-da-da amount of time. And I just wanted to say, so when you're at home, shirtless in front of the mirror, with oil rubbed on your chest, and you're pleasuring yourself in front of the are you wearing a Burger King crown just so that you can totally feel like a king? Yeah. Is that what you're doing? Because... Oh my God, the impotence of your statement is overwhelming to me. Mm-hmm. I have this much power, and by God. I even used it in a text conversation I had earlier in the week. <laughs> a mutual friend of Mark's and I was saying something about, I've forgotten more about good music than mm-hmm. Clarkson's ever heard. I'm like, you're probably right, because yeah. I'm fucking 40, and I don't really, I'm close yeah. enough, and I don't, I don't really give a shit. Yeah. So, yeah. Burger King crown to you. <laughs> and you win. It's one. Hashtag Burger King crown. Yeah. It is any, and just remember that, any time that you see it, and once you explain it to your friends, it will enter their head. They're like, oh shit. And yeah. you just say, fucking Burger King crown, and oh, immediately yeah. on the same page. I pictures of Burger King crowns. I have one in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Oh, God, it's yeah. It's perfect. And it's it is perfect. To the point. Me. Speaking of Burger King crownage, I watched... The celebrity wife swap with Tommy Davidson and Corey Burger King Crown Feldman himself. <laughs> What's so funny looking at him? He is such a fucking dork. Oh yeah, that one devil, that, that one, one little side lock. tortured, pulled out bang. Mm, yeah, what, the best moment from it. If I, if you want to see, are you Razor Ramon? If you, you, if you want to see what delusion looks like, <laughs> there is one moment that is the most stunning. He, no, he didn't just say that. Where he goes, uh, a lot of people compared me to Michael Jackson. I look like Michael Jackson. I dress like Michael Jackson. My music sounds like, you know, just. And the, my, yes, you look and dress like Michael Jackson. Congratulations, it's 1986. <laughs> but, you know, and people say my music sounds, whatever. Like, the most brushed off, total bullshit compliment you could pay yourself. Because then it cuts to the band playing and it's like, you sound like the worst garage band imaginable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely the worst garage band imaginable. He is, for somebody who speaks out against exploitation, you know, of children and such, and the media, he really jumps into being very exploitive, doesn't yes, he? Yes, he does. He and does. Uh, my, uh, my text to you about it was he is like a very stupid, spoiled child who is also a pimp. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. I am also a pimp. Yes, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. I, the way Tommy Davidson, Part of the program, the way he reacted to the, the shit, even with his girl, you're gonna eat all this, fruit, all these mangoes. That's your breakfast, really? <laughs> the and hope is like the bathroom explosion that would come. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. That yes. would be sonic. Yeah, it would be. Uh, my, but you know, no, you don't have to. He's trying to tell these girls they can go to college. Why are you so vehemently upset by that idea? (sighs) It was just weird. It's weird. Weird as fuck. That whole show is weird. But then there's something that is so good on TV right now that I have to mention it because it not only offsets the existence of that shit, it enters a whole another level on its own. Nightline? It is called Documentary Now. Oh, yeah. 
Have you watched any no, of it? No, I have two recorded. Do you know which ones? Uh, I don't know, in a co-recorded. Okay, um, so far they have done a spot-on take of Grey Gardens, which I don't know if you've seen or not. Oh, yeah, I've seen okay. Grey Gardens. Okay. So I, I'm familiar. Balls on. They've done a balls on Nanook of the North. And drones, the hunt for El Chingon. That's the one we have. I, I know for sure we have that one. I don't even need to tell you because within a few seconds you are going to say, oh, wow, they nailed Vice News top to bottom. Oh, they <laughs> fucking nailed it. And you know who they got to play the guy from Vice News who introduces everything? Jack Black. And of he's course. fucking. Is he doing a Shane Smith per- thing? Yeah, yeah. Does he lie a lot? Oh. <laughs> It's really, it is absolutely fantastic because it's just hipster reporters going through trying to find <laughs> El Chingon. Fucking vice news. Which, so that uh, El Chingon basically means the fucking badass. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping it would be the hunt for El Chilon, mm. but. No. No. Not so lucky. Not so, so lucky. What, what are we, speaking of El Chilon, oh, yes. what are we dra- drinking? We are drinking here? the Jacko Traveler Pumpkin Shandy. Mm. Wheat ale brewed with lemon peel. And yes. natural flavors and pumpkin added. Yes. It's, this is, for the pumpkin beers, quite good. Let's see about that. Mm-hmm. Mm. You're right. Yeah. It's pretty damn good, isn't it? Rather delightful. Yes. Oh, speaking of delightful, watched the documentary the other day. you got to fucking see The Wolf Pack. It is these six brothers in New York whose dad is some fucking weirdo religious guy who's the world is evil and bad. Mm -hmm. And basically in the middle of fucking New York, kids are, you are in the apartment. You don't go, you don't leave. You don't leave. They're they're like, sometimes we'll leave the apartment three times a year. Once we left one one time a year, another time we never left during the year. All they do is they have tons of movies that they watch and recreate. The creativity of these guys, they do Pulp Fiction. They do Reservoir Dogs. They do Dark Knight. They have all of this shit. And like in the movie, they show them going to their the first movie in a theater they've ever gone to. And their excitement, they were like, oh my God, that was amazing. Some of the money I spent is going to go to David O. Russell. Some of it's going to go to Christian Bale. I've played him when we've done Batman. Like The genuine excitement, <laughs> but just... It's not like crazy Stockholm syndrome-y. They're, yeah, they're weird because they've been kept away from the world, but they're genuinely well-adjusted for that. Right. It's fucking fascinating. Awesome. It's called The Wolf Pack. It's on Amazon. Cool. It's, it's goddamn brilliant. We watched it yesterday and uh, on, on Saturday. Absolutely loved it. I will check this out. So two other things. On, on Hulu, there are all these ads for the Toshiba notebook slash Surface slash all of that. They've done right. where it's this concept ad, series of ads that has a woman, uh, Vashti, Vashti, I don't know, some biblical name. Okay. V-A-S-H-T-I-E. But she's like, they, they always show it's like, um, DJ, entrepreneur, designer, and then it focuses on one of each of them and shows her using that tablet for it. But it's like everything she does is totally like, oh, I'm designing a shirt that's just like her signature on a shirt or designing a shoe and she holds it up and it's like a, it's like a, a, a New Balance or a Puma from 20 years ago. Just the most awful looking person I could imagine. She's blandly pretty. Right. And everything she does is sort of blandly average and acceptable. That seems to be spot on these days. Yes, that's the goal. Oh. That being said, I found what the first trillion, not billion, heard of the first trillion dollar idea I've ever heard of 
and it's so simple where your your face is going to drop. You're going to be like, how the fuck? Do, what? How did Uber for pickup trucks? I need to move something. Uber for pickup trucks. Oh, somebody yeah. with a truck shows up. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to know somebody. They can help you or not. That is a goddamn trillion dollar idea. Yeah, I think like, Doug used that. Yeah, it, tell me New that's York. Yeah. tell me that's not the most brilliant thing you've ever heard of. And you're like, fuck, and the utter stripped down simplicity of it. Just it's good. What? Need to Uber someone to take those branches. Yeah, yeah. I need to like how many times you've been in that where it's like. God, I need to get this one thing from here to there. I don't have a fucking... I can God tell damn. you how, how many times I've, I've been in that situation. Um, never up until a few years ago when I, had a, when I bought a car for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. and My then, entire life I had a pickup. Right. And then and all of a sudden it's like... like... Oh, oh, help me. Someone help me, please. Oh, my dress has been torn off my truck, please. And I don't have a pickup truck. Not that you need a pickup truck. No. But when you have a truck oh, God, your yes. entire life, oh, yeah. that's what it feels like mm-hmm. when you no longer have that ability. Oh, yeah. Like, I, oh, my God. How do you people live? How do you do anything? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. Yes, I understand. Mm-hmm. I also understand. Yes. Logically, that I can't have a giant pickup and drive 360 miles a day no. without no. going into the poorhouse. Oh, yeah. I get that, logically. Yeah. But still. Now, now, granted, if we were back, uh, as I texted you the other night, I was watching Metal Mania and the video to kickstart my heart came on. And as they're getting out of the car and going into the whiskey, you can see a gas station behind them where it's like 87 cents a gallon. I can do that. What? 87 cents a gallon? I would drive to the mailbox. Hey, fuck it. Don't care. Now, my, my, my Friday, I'm going to put this down. I had the worst Friday morning imaginable. No bacon. Well, not the worst imaginable, but a pretty awful one. Hope couldn't sleep, so she's up watching TV in the living room. 3.30 a.m., lights on in the bedroom. She, Jim, somebody just tried to open the back door. What? Boom, I'm up. What the fuck? What the fuck? I go over. I look out. There's nobody in the backyard. Nobody there. I look over, and... Uh, the little jar that I turned into the citronella candle is tipped over. There's a the, the Lowe's bucket that I used to move charcoal around that had some rainwater in it has been tipped over right where it is. And I'm looking around I'm like, this probably was raccoons. Mm-hmm. I asked our neighbor later in the day, I was like, hey, have you heard anything? And they were like, raccoons. What? She goes, the other morning at 3.30, I couldn't sleep. I heard something. I went and I turned the light on. On the back patio, there were two raccoons. Mm. So I'm like, okay, two raccoons. Fine. I go out, get in my car, turn the key, and it goes, and nothing. Nice. It's enough that the lights and stuff come on, but it doesn't go. I call AAA. They send somebody out. I'm like, this is what happened. And I turn the key. And you know how sometimes you half turn the key, and the car's like, Vroom! comes to yeah. life? That happened. I was like, no, no, it didn't. It didn't. And they told me it at Jiffy Lube when I got the, the, this done that the battery might need to be replaced soon. And the guy's like, hold on. Looks at it, he goes, oh, there's a lot, you know, a lot of buildup on this receipt. Took it out, cleaned it off. He goes, sometimes that'll interfere with the connection. Let me check the battery. Hooked it up, held the thing up, battery, good. So I left my house at 8 a.m. At 8 a.m. Guess what time I got to work? 10? 8.45. Oh. It was b- like, <laughs> what the hell is going <laughs> on here? Right. Like literally no problem. Just foom, got there. Like you do. Weird. Mm-hmm. So my Friday was weird as hell. That's weird. <laughs> yes. That's weird. Yes, yes. 
Uh, how was your week? Less bed, less uh, said the better. Okay. Just a busy time of the year. Right. Oh yeah. Busy, busy time of the year. Uh-huh. And when people fail, uh, apparently these days it's not. Oh well, I screwed up by not walking it, or but mm-hmm. it's my fault. Right. Right. It's my fault. Like, well, I didn't know that we were supposed to do that. Well, it's on the plan. Yeah. That you signed off on. And have a copy of. Mm-hmm. And have had a copy of. For months. That's the world that we're living in now. I, I see it for real in my job. There, it, that's not my fault. That's not my fault. I even highlighted it, the plan you have. Uh-huh. Because I, I know that questions have come up of, I didn't know we had four days to pour it, or I didn't realize a hard point call out was here, and I didn't know what steel was supposed to go. See, the plan you have in your truck is highlighted by me. Yeah. yeah. Initialed by me. Those initials are C's. For me. Uh, yeah, but uh, is it on every house? <laughs> you are now getting what the helicopter parenting has sent the world. So now... Nothing is ever anyone's fault. It's always someone else. You're getting that millennial mindset into the real world. Right. So rather than just drawing up a report that says... Uh, writing up a report, rather, it says um, X, Y, and Z is wrong with your foundation. Fix yeah. it. Yeah. Don't fix it or fuck you, you fail, whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a box that says fuck you, you failed. Um, now, I just I fill out a report. Uh-huh. And then I take a smaller plan and I draw up where the problem areas are. Uh-huh. To scale with notes highlighted and areas highlighted and then corresponding photographs that go with that. Turn everything into PDF files and I email it to... Everyone in the company, their company, my company, the builder, everyone, everyone gets it. Because awesome. I'm not going to have, well, he said this on this email. I didn't know. No, everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody. Yep. Everyone. That's how it should be. I'm thinking of copying you and my wife just so <laughs> someone else can have it. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. No. And then a guy called me and said, because I did this. The hit, the builder who happens to be the one who hired him, uh, read him the riot act. He's an emotional dude. He uh, t- yeah. told him exactly how he felt about it. Then he called me and said, "Hey, did you copy him on all the things that were wrong with my foundation?" Yes, I did. Well, don't do that because he motherfucked me up, up down and yeah. up uh, one side and down the other. He called me everything on, under the sun. Like, um, yeah. I mean, why would you do that to me? What's that? I had to pull over to the side of the road so I could, you know, converse on the phone correctly. What what did I do to you? You did that to yourself. (laughs) And I was there to show the evidence. That's all that happened. Because... And did you just call another man to complain that someone was mean to you? I'm just saying. Guarantee you. Don't do that. Had you not done that and the boss had called him on it, he would have been like, well, you know, the the inspector didn't tell me this. He would have... He would have broke his back chucking you under the bus. I know. No question. I know, I know, I yeah. know this. I play no chess and not checkers. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So. Got every single thing covered. That was like I feel the, like I've said that, told that story before. No, 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 that's no? new. That was like when I had the uh, assistant principal who did not read an email that I sent her. Uh, well, did not fully read an email that I sent oh her my, my first year teaching and gave me that you'll be expected to resign if you don't follow these. 
And I printed the email. She gave it to my count, to my principal and my my department chair. And I printed shit out, highlighted everything, like the soft copy with the electronic trail. And I gave one to her and the assistant principal. And I just said to my department chair, "I want you present in every meeting that I have with this person from this point on. I am no longer comfortable meeting alone with them." And she was like, "Oh yes." <laughs> and it was done. She came to meet with me during lunch, and I was like, "Yes, okay, well." Glad we got that sorted out. Thanks. She did not talk to me for the rest of the year. <laughs> I couldn't That's imagine. one where it's like, yeah, oh. yeah. I cover bases. That's why you do. That's like, and whenever people send me shit just written, I'm like, email it to me. Mm-hmm. Email it to me. It's like the the guy from uh, the the guy from the family that was killed in In Cold Blood. Mm-hmm. I read that book, and it was every transaction that guy did, he paid by check. Right. Everything. Because he's like, nobody can say you never paid me if you can show them the canceled check. Mm. It has their back. Hang on one moment. It's funny, the doorbell rings, and I'm like, what? What is that? The fuck? Yeah, I need to exercise more. I'm out of breath. (laughs) Have Mm. some beer. That'll help. It always does. And now to water. (laughs) But, um, yeah, you always, always got to have your back covered. Apparently... Jesus, he yelled at me, man. <laughs> Why did he yell at you? You are a grown man. <laughs> Why did he yell at you? Well, because you... Uh, uh, no, no, mm. that is not what happened. That is not the case. You didn't do your job. Right. right. You. I had another guy, uh, poor builder, said, um, failed a house. And again, his, his boss, who happened to be the same person that talked to this other guy, uh, he's like, yeah, man, that guy just read me out. Bad news. Like, yeah, that sucks. Um, so you know, I'm pissed that this guy didn't get it done. Are you? Are you? Aren't you mad? No, I don't get emotionally involved about this, man. <laughs> it's not my phone. It's not my house. Yeah. You know, I want to make sure it's right so you can pour and move on down the road. Other than that, mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm salary. Yeah. I get paid the same if this thing fails, passes, never gets poured. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me one way or the other. Yeah. Like, well, it matters to me. Great. Yeah. Let it keep on mattering to you. If you don't want it to fail next time, I suggest walking it. Yeah. Do your fucking job, bro. Well, uh, that's funny. That's what he told me. <laughs> I mean, my job's on the line. Why are you talking to me like I have anything to yeah. do with this? Get out of your truck. <laughs> my job. You know you're old enough. You're older. When when guys hop out of their uh, gigantic four by fours or what have yous with salt life and Yeti stickers in the back, salt and life, like, yeah. You you are a child. You have the face of a child. <laughs> Look at you. You're twelve. <laughs> come here, come here. Let me punch. Let me pinch those cheeks. Come here, let me boy. Read you a story. You are 12 years old. <laughs> you can't build anyone's homes. You can't. Look at you. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Good God. I'm here to make a man out of you, boy. <sighs> Is there Xbox back here you're plugging into or whatever the fuck you kids do with your time? Uh, Holy shit. I'm old. Oh, man. Anyway. It does make you feel like you're a million years old, doesn't <laughs> yes, it? Yes, it does. Because I'm just like, whatever. Mm. Well, I guess you either do that or you're fired. <laughs> hey, look, a blue car. Yeah. I just don't give a shit. Yeah. I did. I did my job. Yeah. I'm covering my shit. You know what it is? Yeah. You, I'm the guy who does his job. <laughs> who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. literally you are Mark Wahlberg in yeah. that one. Pretty much. I'm the guy who does his job. Who the fuck are yes. you? Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm the motherfucker. Oh, you're not an astronaut, kid. Yeah. I'm the motherfucker who's telling you how it is. It's fucking sad. Yeah. It's sad. Oh, God. Well, speaking of telling you how it is. Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Criterion Year continues with spine number 13, Jonathan Demme's Academy Award winning Silence of the Lambs. This movie. Let that word resound. This was uh, best winner of five best actor, best director, best, best actor, best director, best actress, actor, director, film, and screenplay. That Quite is a, bunch. a fucking sweep. That's that rarefied sweep that. Uh, how many movies have done that? Like, I think one flew over the cuckoo's nest, yeah. uh, and I th- there was one. Was it Grand Hotel? I'm trying to think because there's only like one other movie that ever. There's only two others I think that ever pulled it off. Uh, My own private Idaho. Yes, <laughs> but to not. walk with all of that shit, it's absolutely incredible. Um, it is a very good movie. There is uh, there is no question that this is a, a is solid good. as hell film. It's very good. Um, okay, let's see here. Uh, it happened one night, and one flew over the cuckoo's nest are the only ones that have ever done that. Wow. Uh, and what's so weird is everybody turned this movie down. Yes. Like seriously, they were offering this to everybody. Originally, this was optioned by Gene Hackman. Really. To direct and star. Well, that is Lecter. Hmm. Eventually, I think his daughter talked him out of it because of the violence or yeah. whatever. But originally, that's uh, that's who optioned it. Well, that's what's so weird about this is you hear the violence has now hit a point where it's uh, it is violent, but by comparison. It's nothing compared to any episode of Hannibal. Yeah, it's absolutely nothing on compared network to, television. Yeah. Yeah, how much that shit has changed nowadays. But I'm trying to pull up the, uh, um, let's see, from the Academy Awards, I'm trying to see what it was nominated against. Once Demi got the job, mm-hmm. um, he had worked with Michelle Pfeiffer, and he wanted Michelle Pfeiffer as Clarice Yeah, Pfeiffer, <sighs> Pfeiffer... Even though Foster had been stalking this thing as soon as she found out it was optional. Right. She was up everyone's ass about uh-huh. it. Yeah, this, about yes. Wanting to play Clarice. And mm-hmm. uh, Meg Ryan, Gina Davis, Melanie Griffith, all on board, uh, bef- not on board, but in talks before right. um, Jodie Foster and all of them backed out because of the violence. Which is such an so weird. Odd goddamn so weird. thing to me. And you think that any of those characters, any of those actresses, which, which are all fine actresses in their own right. Uh-huh. I can't see any of them in that role. No. Well, Jody is one of those. We were talking about it early on. I have always loved Jodie Foster. Yeah. I've always outright adored Jodie Foster. And you put it best. It's like if somebody says something bad about Jodie Foster, I'm like, the fuck's wrong with you? Like, it upsets me. Yeah. Not there, because I have some huge crush on Jodie Foster. I don't. Yeah. I have like a best friend who happens to be a lesbian kind of crush. Exactly. Like, my buddy. Like, don't talk shit about my buddy. Exactly. Exactly. I'm so tired of bad things happening to her in movies right. that I'm not okay when people say bad things about her. That's all. Yeah. She was phenomenal. And she, she nailed Clarice. It's obvious that that was a role that she, that she wanted, that she felt she yeah. could bring something to. Okay. Up for Oscars this year, Beauty and the Beast, for, for Best Picture, Beauty and the Beast, Bugsy, JFK, and the Prince of Tides. For Best Actor, Warren Beatty as Bugsy, Robert De Niro as Max Cady, 
Nick Nolte for Prince of Tides, and Robin Williams in The Fisher King. Supporting actor went to uh, Jack Palance. No nominee at all from this one for it. But the other nominees were Michael Lerner from Barton Fink, Kingsley as Meyer Lansky in Bugsy, Keitel as Mickey Cohen in Bugsy, and Tommy Lee in JFK. Uh, for adapted screenplay... Oh, hold on. I'm going through... Where the fuck did... Where are the acting ones, damn it? Tell me this is one of those... Okay. This is annoying. Uh, wow, did they just bury best actress on this? Uh, this let's see. Where the fuck? I want to see who Jody beat out on this. Best actor. Best actress. Jody was up against Gina Davis uh, and Susan Sarandon for Thelma and Louise. Bette Midler and For the Boys and Laura Dern and Ramblin' Rose. Uh, and adapted screenplay it beat Europa Europa, Fried Green Tomatoes, JFK, and The Prince of Tides. So it's one of those weird things where it's like, this backs up so much of what I say about the Oscars in particular, but movies in general that I have, I was alive when that happened. I haven't seen most of those movies. No. I mean, most, and, and I've sort of forgotten parts of the ones that I have seen. Yeah. Or it's like, wait, have I seen all of Bugsy? I don't think I have. I think I've only seen part of Bugsy. Yeah. But I might, who knows? I, I like this kind of, um, I found this on a, I, I can't remember the name of the, Remember the name of the website? It was 20 things that you didn't know about Silence of the Land or something generic yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't troll through the internet trying to find all this. And, mm-hmm. Oh, I put all this together. <laughs> right. Wait, and man, am I tired. Yes, I am. Stopping <laughs> Just wrote down some shit I found Sweat from my brow. <clears throat> but when you think about all these different choices, like Jonathan Demme's first choices for these characters. Mm-hmm. And you think, okay, this easily could have been Michelle Pfeiffer and his first choice for Lecter. Sean Connery. It would be a, a wildly Point different. Being, yeah. If you don't know about this stuff beforehand, you watch Silence and Lambs and uh-huh. go, holy Christ, what a brilliant move. Right. Putting him in that role and her in that role right. and shooting it that way. Yeah. Wow, that's just goddamn brilliant. In actuality, it was all these things going to fall apart. Right. Uh-huh. You wind up with someone when Demi kind of questioned throughout the production whether Jodie Foster was right. Jodie Foster uh-huh. kept questioning whether Demi was right. Yeah. Because like, he had all directed comedies. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about you, and I don't know about you, and I don't know. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins, and, not really even on the radar. Right. And I guess we'll just then, do it. And it kind of all works out, and someone <laughs> says, that's brilliant. And you go, yeah. yes. Yeah, we meant yes, to do it. Yes, it is. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Planned it from the beginning. Yeah. And as well, you should. Exactly. But, exactly. Okay. How's, how, how you should react. But... It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Sean Connery. Yeah, Sean Connery as Lecter is <laughs> such an odd choice. I, Look I, like a rube. <laughs> uh, now, let's talk Lecter, because that's the elephant in the room must be discussed above everything else. Um, second portrayal of Hannibal Lecter in film. First being Brian Cox in Michael Mann's Manhunter. Yeah. Manhunter, the only problem with Manhunter is that it is dated like parachute pants. Boy, is it. It is. Every, every frame of that film screams the year that it was made. Yeah. The only thing that belies the time period in Silence of the Lambs is Jodie Foster's uh, shoulder pads. And Chevelle. And Chevelle, yeah. Or whatever the hell that yeah. is. Other than that, it's, yeah, this could be, you know, th- this could be contemporized very easily. Yeah. Um, Manhunter... Featuring uh, the great Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter, back when he was just a supporting background character that was yeah. really fucking interesting. Uh, I, for a long time, was adamant best 
portrayal of Hannibal Lecter on film. Yeah, as was I. Because we talked about this. His Hannibal Lecter is much more jovial, much more gregarious of personality, much more charming, much more a guy I would trust. I would be charmed by you. Exactly, yeah. Not snake-fascinated. Yes, uh uh-huh. Whereas, as you said, the first time that we met Hopkins Lecter, I'm not coming within 100 fucking miles of that guy. No, you got to put more panes of glass and yeah. a few guns on this guy. Exactly. I'm not Look at this guy. Yeah. Look, okay. at Look at him. That is a goddamn cobra who's just waiting right. to take me apart. That is a shark. Yeah. Um, but even down to where his, uh, you know, why don't you just slide your finger down to G and give me the home address for Will mm. Grant. Like, fucking per- I could not see Anthony Hopkins pulling that off. No. Although when he gets out in the open uh-huh. towards the end, yeah. you know he's very, just very relaxed, yeah. very nice, very mm-hmm. cordial. Like, yeah, the world is so much nicer with you in it. More yeah. interesting with you in it. Yes, just la di da, walk down the streets of some you know yeah. nondescript Caribbean island. Yeah, with my hand on my hat and so on. Yeah, so yeah. so maybe we seen a cage as I said when we were watching the movie. He just lets the mask slip, because, not slip, not even put it on. Yeah. That's me. What's crazy? This is who I am. My eyes. I'm insane. But it still ties into his whole, like, I think more than Cox, he communicated the I despise discourtesy and rudeness. That came through, because Cox yeah. never had the opportunity to show that. No, smaller role, you don't have any, like, as you say, opportunity. Yeah. With Miggs, how immediately it was, you know, I, Miggs flings flings his his matter on on Clary's, yeah. and he's like, "I apologize. That is, that is, I just, I deplore rudeness, discourtesy. Yeah. I find it distasteful. Please accept my apology. And now I will give you this. Right. <coughs> and it's it's a very striking thing. It's yeah. very very striking. Very like okay, cool. Like, um, I have not seen Hannibal. Hannibal the movie was a just goddamn train wreck into an orphanage uh, uh it's beautiful yeah it really uh, beautifully yes. shot the uh-huh. production design is fucking it's Ridley Scott so yeah. it's gonna have great production design but as I've said before uh this much like the um Ninth Gate just makes you want to travel and eat food in France or yeah Italy. yeah it's an unnecessary adaptation of an unnecessary book the book was written because it was like, holy shit, this Lecter guy is so huge. Because my, here's my issue. Hannibal Lecter is a supporting character. He is not the lead. Yeah. He's not the lead. He has no character arc. He doesn't change. I can argue this. It would make the movie significantly less interesting. But Hannibal Lecter could be removed from Silence of the Lambs. And you could use functionaries to still, the plot could still work. It could be about Claire. Oh, yeah, you, know, yeah. you could do minor ad, 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 uh, You could adapt things minorly, and assign the things that his character does to different characters. Yeah, it's not a lead because of that. Now I know there are a lot of people who will challenge me. Like, I, you could rework this script without Hannibal Lecter or a direct substitute for Hannibal. You cannot pull Clarice out. Right. Um, you could pull Jack Crawford out. You yep. could, you know, do it with some again minor alterations. She is, you know, a new criminal criminal profiler who's on her first go, and the case brings her too close to parts of her past, and blah blah blah, right. whatever. Um, but that being said, this is one of those cases where the character became so fascinating to everyone. The concept of well, the pure psychopath, pure yeah. psychopath that there is, he does not fit any existing profile. Um, 
And all that adds to the, the legend of the monster. Yeah. Uh, is built up before you even see him. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that, that character becomes bigger in your head than it is on the screen. So right. his performance is al- it's almost loaded. You're preloaded to have this experience with this character. Yes. Like, oh uh-huh. my God, he's so evil. Yeah. Because yeah. all this led up beforehand. Uh-huh. Whereas Brian Cox is, uh, you get bits and pieces, uh-huh. but he's so disarming. Yeah. He's not standing at attention like Hopkins. Yeah. He's, and he's just like, hey, I'm not going anywhere. Hello, yeah. Will. Hello, Will. Oh. You know, hey, buddy. Yeah. You know, it's just they, like you? they got me. It just happened to be here now. Uh-huh. Not that I'm going to stay here. Yeah. It just happened to be here. Right. Um, and I, it's also production design, again, because that's straight up 80s. And this oh, is, yeah. as you said, wow, they went for the gothic. It yeah. is. Yeah. It, stone walls mm-hmm. and all the sounds they use. They did use submarine sounds for the music as she enters that level. In, yeah, uh, the, she's lowering and lowering and lowering in the hospital. In the hospital. Yeah, There's submarine sounds. Yeah, what is that? Submarine sounds. Uh huh. Yeah, it's all just to add to the psychological effect. The red light, yeah. gray and black and blue. It's all just very heavy. Yeah, horror film colors. It's hard coded. Yeah, it's, it's not. Hard it's not coded. a crime thriller. It's yeah. Not, it's we're going into horror territory. Yes. Yes. Uh huh. So. And that's fascinating. Now, I have not seen Hannibal Rising because... It is terrible. I was told it is an awful, dreadful, dreadful film. It so is. I never I never wasted my time with it because it, it everything about it looked like they were trying to make some cheesy exploitation horror film that they slapped Hannibal's name on. Lucky you, I wasted my time for you. Yes. Bad? Oh, it's awful. Yeah. Uh, and it just strikes me as like even the guy who's playing Hannibal is trying to look so like I'm Hannibal Lecter. Look I'm at so me. Blah, blah, blah. I'm looking up through my eyebrows. Therefore, yeah. evil. Yes, yes. Um, I am like three episodes back from finishing the final season of Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have had the moment where Mickelson makes that call. I was wondering if you could write, open up his address book and go down to and could I get the home address of Will Gra- like. And you buy it. Mads can do that switch. Right. Mads has shark eyes when he wants to. We wants to. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be polite. I, he has fucking shark eyes. He is. He would terrify. Hello. Hi. I'm Mads. It's very nice to meet you today. Hello. You fucking dead-eyed killer. Yeah. Is this an actor? No, you're not. No. Mm-hmm. No, that was summer you. method and summer method, right, yeah. Nicholson? Mm. Yeah, he is absolutely terrifying as Hannibal. Uh, but oh he, God, he, he damn pulls your that clothes. Off. Yeah. Oh, everything mm. about because this is the first time we've really seen Hannibal out and about free and literally. <laughs> I turned the way- to Tim Gunn from Project One. Right yeah. Oh. oh my God! Look at you! Mm-hmm. Look at you! I got it stunning. Yeah. His outfit, his house, the food everything. he cooks. The his way drapes. he prepares it, his like, the, his kitchen. Oh, oh my God. the kitchen, everything in his Kills place, me. and just the fact that you know they're bringing in just hot shit Top Gun chefs. Like we're gonna record you just fixing this. Yeah. Okay. And he we're just, gonna shoot your hands down. Is that all right? That's fine. That's Whatever. Fine. Don't care. Gorgeous. Everything is gorgeous. Beautiful. And he is eye to eye with Cox. The only difference is he's had more time to develop. So yeah. it's almost an unfair comparison, just because There's so much more hour, so many more hours to work. Exactly, on yeah. Explore yeah. the character, right? You get you get a lot more weight off of them, yeah. Uh, but still, amazing. Hopkins, I enjoy his performance more, but uh, more than I than I thought I would, right? Uh, just because I've become so pro Brian Cox and so pro Mads Mikkelsen that I'm like, 
Nah, man. It's just a different take. It's a totally it's different take. Yeah. I don't know if it's better or worse necessarily. Uh-huh. I think it's just more of a lateral move. Yeah. It, this yeah. is my interpretation. When I say my, uh, Anthony Hopkins, like, this is my interpretation of this character. Yeah. Yeah. This is how I would do it. Right. Rather than saying less than or better. Right. The writing is. That's, that's on the hook. point. If the dialogue were not as engaging as it yeah, is, yeah. this, I don't want to say cracks, the, the, the smiling monster would become a lot, a, a much broader smile. It would become, like, oh, okay, this is a little character. It would become Hannibal and Hannibal Rising. Yeah, it's just and a little re- And much. Red Dragon. It would no. become all of those remakes where it's, Oh, this doesn't have that deft subtleness. The most perfect Lecter moment is one where he doesn't even talk. He, Hopkins didn't even have to be on the set. And that was when Clarice is sitting by the cell, coming in out of the rain, talking to him. She can't see him. He's sitting in the darkness. And suddenly that drawer pops out. And there's a towel. And there's a towel. Yeah. It is the ultimate Lecter moment because mm-hmm. I might not speak, but I am a gentleman. You are in my home, right? as it were, here. That I liked. That I genuinely thought was cool. Um, it's almost like a monster movie, but the monster happens to be in a cage. Yes, yes. There is... Uh, sorry. One big thing that has always bothered me with this movie, and I asked you about it, <laughs> and neither one of us could answer, how do you get the pen? Oh. He's no. chained to a thing, mouth covered... Uh, Looks down, sees the pen on his bed, stares at it, stares at it, and then somehow he has it. The only way that works <laughs> is if Chilton left the cell and just forgot it there. Yeah, I guess so. That and they then went, they'd take him... Yeah, they went through everything and let him go, and then he was able to hide it on himself, You know, hide the t- break the part that he needed off and right. hide it in his, in his mouth. Right. So that... That was the only part that left me, okay, wait, what? Yeah. I mean, all in all, it's a small complaint. It's a necessary function within the plot, but it's still something that I had to go, wait, wait, where did this come from? Right. Uh, Jody nails it. Uh, Now let's talk about Scott Glenn as... uh, Captain FBI. Yeah, Captain FBI. How the fuck have I forgotten his name? Uh, Shit. Uh, what the fuck is his name? Uh, not Wilker. Oh my god! Oh my god, it's so sad. I, I'm sitting there. Uh, uh, I, You're I, you... one of, aren't you? Yeah. Sent you. Uh, uh, oh, come Crawford. On. Crawford. Jack Crawford. Jesus. I like his Jack Crawford. I kind of really love uh, Lawrence Fishburne's, but then again, you get so much more yeah. from Lawrence Fishburne in it. <clears throat> um. Now I have seen the guy that uh, Crawford is based on. Uh, Crawford is based on a guy named John Douglas. We have three of his books sitting on the table here. I've read most of his books and I've actually seen him speak. So I have the broadest base, bird's eye view knowledge of what criminal profiling is. And when Jodie Foster is reading off the profile on the back of the car, Crawford's not even looking forward. So what do you know about him? Well, he's a white male. Hunters tend to, you know, killers mm. tend to work within their own ethnic group. He lives in a house. Uh, what he does takes time and patience. He has this kind of size, this blood, and starts rattling off these basic facts. Mm -hmm. And they all fit um, because there are patterns that are 
that are very clear in these things. Douglas said, uh, it amazes me when folks don't study criminals, but they're trying, you know, if you study art, you have to study artists. If you're studying crime, you have to study criminals. Right. Uh, when he was hunting, I believe it was the uh, trailside killer in California, uh, the police were at a dead end, and he came in and ran off the whole profile. He's going to be this, 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 blah, blah, blah. And then he ended the press conference, and this is one of the books where he said, and the killer will have a, a speech impediment. And someone's like, wait, what? Hold on. He goes, well, um, there is something about this guy that makes him feel like he's outside of society. He's not comfortable around other people. Uh, I would go with some sort of physical deformation or or physical handicap. However, uh, there haven't been any reports of anyone with a physical deformity in the areas, plus the strength necessary to do all of this uh, requires... Uh, that he it sort of crosses out the fact he can't be uh, have a physical handicap. So all that is left is something that's not obvious until you actually encounter him. So speech impediment. Right. They find the guy who confesses to it, and he had a severe stutter, and be ready to be creeped out, that went away whenever he discussed one of his killings. Ooh. Yes. Um, that, uh, fucking creepy. <sighs> but he's a guy who's able to, you know pin that shit down but you learn little things like uh if a woman is if a woman is murdered and the body is found partially covered yeah uh then it is a husband lover or very close friend because they are trying to save their dignity in some unconscious way by covering them uh little things like that 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 allow you to kind of eliminate and focus in on shit um douglas knows it well his his he actually, the, the survey is based off something that he did where he went and spoke to different killers mm-hmm. and was, was able to put down something that helped really focus profiles, uh, organized versus disorganized, things like that that are, are really necessary right. in the identification of this kind of crime. But what he says in it that's interesting is uh, the more complex a crime, the almost easier it is to solve. Uh, somebody gets a, you know, a wallet stolen off of them that could have been anyone. However, if a person is killing, you know, overweight women within a four-state region that right. are found skinned, okay, there is a lot more stuff there that lets us eliminate and focus in on yeah, yeah. who it could be. <clears throat> There's more more uh, crumbs on the on the trail. Exactly, exactly. And you, like you said, you talked about with Glenn. He actually talks about meeting with uh, Scott Glenn in here. And the uh, the discussion of him being, I can't even wrap my head around what you do. I'm uh, anti-death penalty, everything. And mm. he's like, I sat down and played him audio tapes from these two guys who met in prison and decided that they were going to ra- kidnap, rape, and murder a woman for every year that they were in jail. Wasn't one of them like 15? Something like that, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they said, uh, and they audio taped all of it. And I played him the audio tapes. And almost like, holy shit. He goes, yeah. You, you're viewing these from a very like, oh, well, we have to understand this. I'm viewing it from, no, I understand them. I've looked eye to eye with them. I know who these people are. And and here's what needs to happen. Here is, the, and it completely changed him in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because, yeah. That, because, yeah. 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 Because yeah. how on earth does it not? We need to keep these people alive to study them to save other lives. I totally get it. Yeah, totally. Have we yeah. got everything we need off this guy? Uh huh. Okay, okay, then. Imagine some sort of Sweeney Todd esque contraption underneath your cell, right? Sir, yeah. Because all I'm hitting do is I'm hitting the big "we're done" button. Yeah. We're done. Boom. Boom. 
Yeah. It's not a deterrent. It's not called capital deterrent. Yeah, yeah. It's And the only reason, it's funny, I've changed my mind on capital punishment a little bit, but it's for a very different reason. I don't trust the government to make that decision anymore. I don't. But, not uh, in the slightest. Not in the slightest, but when you have someone who, did you do it? Yes, it did. Yeah, Here's we, the evidence. Sure did. Yeah. We've got DNA. We've got every. We've got DNA. This Dunzo. is a one hundred percent no question. Done. He did it. Of course. All right. The shit that's well, I was a witness, and there's a fingerprint on the. No, no. Okay, no. yeah. All right. That that's a different I don't know about story. That yeah. Shit. We, yeah. We need to take our time. Uh-huh. Someone's there with the knife, saying, yeah. "I did it, and I'm covered in their blood." Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Incontrovertible, unquestionable. Like I'm one of those. To me, reasonable doubt. Eh. When it comes to to that, if if there is even a hint of a shadow of a doubt, no. Yeah, sure. That, when I, there I is that. unquestioned, absolute DNA, we found it his everything fact. on there. We he had the murder, but we know he did. We found fucking body parts in his pockets. Okay, <laughs> right. Uh, that's a different world altogether for me. But um, with this, the the whole idea of of profiling as just getting into the head of it. That's why I mean there are uh, the, there was a movie in set in Russia, a Citizen X that was mm-hmm. this year made, remade into what like Child Forty Seven mm-hmm. about the I don't even remember his name but the Russian serial killer yeah the mad yeah the whatever they called him yeah he killed his like uh, it was disturbing yeah he's he killed I believe fifty two children uh, actually oh hold on let me see fa- the documentary and I've seen the movie that's based on. Citizen X uh, was one where it was like the the Russian government fucked that shit up bad. Uh, it was about uh, Andre Chilang Chikatilo. It's uh, Chikatilo. Chikatilo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, here's what's fucked up about some of this stuff. There's a, a serial killer from I want to say Colombia or Venezuela. It's in Latin America. Found him guilty of like somewhere in the neighborhood of like four hundred killings of children but it's a country that has no like a man it has a hardline maximum of like 30 years so he's out and they don't know where he is he was like granted unconditional release and now is just sort of gone and uh so there there's middle grounds for these things but yeah andre chikatilo he was uh he was this the this absolute maniac but what happened when they caught him was the uh, the Russian police uh, officer, the detective who was following him, um, was on the case for like eighteen years yeah. or something like that? You know, he was on it for like tw- like ten or twelve years, and then when he met with people from the FBI at a later point, they're like, "You're amazing." Really? Because yeah, we're the bureau. Yeah, I am. I am. We cycle people off cases every couple of months so they don't lose their mind. How long were you on this? 10 years. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, he, he was a superstar just for holding on and going for it. Right. But the idea of criminal psychology and behavioral psych, the BS unit of the yeah. FBI, which, as they used to joke, was located 10 times deeper than the dead because they were in a basement that was 60 feet underground. Right. They were... Uh, it, it's it's a different kind of world, you know? It's It's a... Wow, you are your your life is to be absorbed in the worst of it. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, constantly. Like you can't freak out when we pull the sheet back and there is the woman whose arm was skinned. Yeah, found in a river after she'd been dead for a week. Like that was what so absolutely frustrating 
for Millennium, the series. Yeah, yeah. Because the first season is so about that. Yeah, it's yeah. so uh, criminal uh, criminal profiling. Yeah, serial killer pathology, all of that. It was it was all that. Yeah, and then somehow it got twisted around into conspiracies, and he may have powers and never did. Right, but when you if you don't watch any of that series, I understand. But if you want to do yourself a favor and you're a fan of this kind of stuff, yeah, you should watch the pilot. Oh yes, and the pilot of that show has it all because Frank, Frank Black's character, uh, it looks like powers, right? It looks uh-huh. like he's psychic. He's not right. psychic. No, you're saying he's going to have the, just as you say. Yeah, rattles off this, this. He's going to have this. This is the problem. This, 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 that, and the other. This is what the person looks like. This is what they'll do. This is right. why. And to the point where his old, when he goes back to Seattle to to solve this case, or consult in this case, his old partner from when he was in the Seattle PD says, I don't get it, Frank. Do you have some kind of power or anything? It's like, no. I just allow myself to become what they are. Yeah. See what they see. Not because I've got powers, yeah. but because I've been doing it for so long, that's how you have to do it. Exactly. And in, in, the sh- in the shit so long uh-huh. that that's just how he sees the world. Right. It's a big part of that character's arc through the series, but... To hell with it when it gets two and three, but that it, is perfect. that show sort of lost me when they had that guy with all the notebooks that had all oh, the, the yeah. Oh, that, oh, that's oh, when that's it dancing skull and no, yeah, yeah. That's no, no. when it started to lose me. That and shit. They had that zodiac type killer that they were trying to find. That, that was cool because you got to see because they had to do it over the over the interwebs. Yes, uh-huh. uh huh. With Peter in one part of the country and Frank in, uh back at the, <coughs> at the station, right? Where or the lab, computer lab, where he had to do his process in front of somebody else and right. had to act it out so that the other person could hear it. Uh huh. So he had to make audible all the things, the process to go in his head. Uh-huh. So then he started t- acting out and talking like the killer. Awesome. Now the bitch is mine, and the computer nerd is the one who's with him in the in the uh-huh. lab. Like, and now I got her. Now she's mine. And he's like, and it's Lance Henriksen being right. Lance. I need so to. I need excellent. to watch that episode. That's an again, excellent episode. Yeah, because of that. Right. All the killer stuff. After weeks and weeks of writing for television, th- you'd think there's a serial killer in every goddamn yeah. adjacent home. Yes. Uh huh. But <clears throat> after a while, it, it gets kind of tiring. But this, the pilot is perfect because uh-huh. he stands there with his hands to his side and just says, this is what's happening. Yeah. And that's what makes it so fascinating when you get into it is that is, of course, the extreme version of it. The show The Profiler, mm-hmm. when they did that, John Douglas was hilarious with it. He's like, I never have flashbacks or anything like <laughs> no. that. I just, you know, it's, 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 it's a very simple... Psychological application. Right. Like, it's like yeah. anything else that you've done for a long time. You've taught for a long time. Yeah. There are things you do, micro movements yeah. of your job that people stud- would study in a class. This is how you do when you're a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, no, that's just what you do. Right. Yeah. It's just a thing. You're not, here I am. Uh huh. Yes. Oh, I'm teaching. I'm, yes. I'm doing this and this and this. No, it's just things you do. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, with the whole concept of profiling is. Very much in that, uh, what Hopkins said, you know, with Marcus Aurelius, of anything, what is its nature. essence? What's yeah. its nature? What does he do? Uh, he, no, what does he do? What is it? And it is that sort of uh, transactional analysis in the basics. When you strip everything else away, what is the point of this interaction? What are right. you attempting to gain from it? What is this guy doing? Well, he's taking from, he wants. Yeah. He covets. That was so great. He covets. And all of that shit, 
He what? How do we learn to covet? We covet what we see, see every day. Every day, he knew her. How do you not like? I'm sorry. That right there is one of those. Okay, this is the first victim. He weighed her down. He wanted us to find her later because their first thought was, oh, he was cautious, and then he got sloppy. No. no, he wanted to throw off the order in which you found them, to throw off the order in which you investigated them, so that you would miss a little detail like, well, the first victim is often known, right? Known to yes. or local to. No serial killer kills for the first time in a series by going to a different state. Serial killer. Yes, This serial. seems obvious yeah. to anyone listening to the show uh-huh. uh, because you've watched enough movies or read enough. And yeah. But America, let me speak to you because yeah. I know you're all listening. Yes. There's a difference between serial killers uh-huh. and spree killers. Yes, yeah. and mass killers. And yeah. mass killers. Yes. Serial killers have a pattern. Mm-hmm. They're going after something else. As yeah. Hannibal says, the killing is incidental. Yeah, yeah. Typically. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, but anyway. I yeah, I mean, that. you look at it like, you <laughs> look at it in Dexter. Yeah. I was, I need to do one. I need to do more. Yeah. I need to do one. I've got to have one. Right. Okay, yeah, that's. That was his process. That was, was his process. The victims that he was, were after just happened to fit that. Yes, uh-huh. They all have those. Yeah. They're all there, and it is. It's, and it goes in cycles. And the reason most of them get caught is because they want to be. Yeah. And that's the weirdest thing to realize is the one who, you know, he will, like they said about Buffalo Bill, he's not going to stop. He does not want to be caught. Mm-hmm. He wants to get away with this. He's got the control of an older man. Mm-hmm. You know, he's mature. He knows that he wants to do this. He's not begging for the police to put an end to no, he's it. Not he's not tortured by it. Yeah, I'm doing what I do. This is his work. What I do. This is my job. This is my design. Yeah, exactly. This is this is my fucking Will Graham. So perfect in that. Uh, but how how they get to that point? There's all these different things, and it's just oh, it's fascinating to me. You know yeah, what it puts it to? You know what makes Ted Bundy Ted Bundy? Yeah. You know, he's a guy who, in all accounts, should never have ended up like that. But, no, not at all, but here we are. Yeah. There, there's there's components of all of it in there. But, yeah, the, the it's a fascinating concept to look at and to, to look into because I do think you need to study and understand these things because they are existent in the world. And you, yeah. you know, got we got to know how the worst operates so that we can appreciate those that aren't the worst. Absolutely. You know? uh, it's 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 great stuff. The John Douglas books, uh, I've got Obsession, Mindhunter, and uh, Journey into Darkness, are fascinating because they give you this firsthand look and where he's like, yeah, I kind of, I was led into this field of psychology. I believe he's, it was like a doorman at bars when he was in college. He was like a bouncer. And he's like, you start learning to identify behavior. Oh, sure. You start yeah. spotting behavior patterns. It was... You know, when I worked at when I worked retail when I was in college, after a while I was like, Yeah, that kid's gonna try and steal something. How do you know? He's behaving in a way that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Bouncer sense. Yeah. The guy across the bar or twenty feet away from you calling you a motherfucker with his arms open, uh-huh. isn't gonna do a thing. Nope. It's the guy co- trying to get up close to you. Mm-hmm. Get a get a light off you. Yeah. Say, hey man, let me let's talk. It's cool, it's cool, it's cool, with his hands up and getting closer and closer and closer all the time. Closing yeah. the distance between between you. Uh-huh. That's the guy you worry about. Yeah. Or that, I don't know, worry, but that's the guy you need to... Yeah, that's the guy you keep an eye on. Yeah. That's the guy you keep an eye on. Right. And it's it's 
m- often nothing. Mm-hmm. But then when you look at other things that go into it, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah and after th- doing it for a long time, it just becomes a uh, second sense of, yeah. okay, that guy's going to do that, that guy's going to do that, that person's... If you can observe an entire room and know those people are having a good time, yeah. they're just loud. That person's quiet and by themselves, and what are they doing over there? Right. You know, or or look at it in terms. You know, you're in you're, you're working retail during holiday season. Mm-hmm. That kid who came into the store by himself keeps looking at me. Right. He he is keenly aware of where I am. That tells me I need to be keenly aware of what where he is. Yeah, and the stuff around him. Something's going on here. Right. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of that shit that lines up when you when you know what to look for. He just happens to be doing it in a very in a very specific way. <laughs> specific level and uh dealing with the most dangerous and dark among us. Oh yes, yes. And he actually was one of the writers for it's a uh, it's uh, on here actually. It's actually on the Criterion disc. They have uh the FBI crime classifications manual. Cool. I actually picked up a copy of it back when I was, you know, Trying when I was like, oh, I can write a serial killer movie, because I'm like, I need to understand all this sure. so I can look into what goes into it. And it is very dry. It is like here, this kind of crime, robbery, aggravated robbery. This here's all these. It's very. It, it is like the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistics yeah. Manual that doctors use, where it's like, oh, okay, this, this, and this. You have, you know, you, you just you got the mononucleosis, and there you have it. Yeah. Next. Yeah. With this, it is a little more. You know, specialized, right? But it t- it does take a lot of the uh, Hollywood sexy out. Of yeah, it. I know. Like, yeah, you're not getting a trench coat and a cigarette. Yeah, well, that's what made that show The Profiler so funny. Is like I was into criminal profiling, and people were like, "Oh, have you ever watched The Profiler?" No, why not? Because it's nonsense. <laughs> it's nonsense. It, it, it's you know, oh, I'm going into a trance location. No, yeah, you you look at like Hannibal Lecter was a perfect profiler because he's like, yeah, I looked at these case files, shit. I know what I could. I could almost tell you where the guy's house is. Right. Seriously, how do you? How are you looking at? How do you not see this? Right. You know, it's so plain. It's fucking clear. Right. But that's what makes that study so fascinating. Is you're attempting to locate clarity in a world that does not play by any set of rules. No. That well, at least no rules that are known to you. Right. No rules. It, yeah. Just uh, you don't have them. Yeah. It's somebody who's operating on their own page now. The one person who I am shocked did not get any sort of nomination at all from this. It's Ted Levine. It's Ted Levine as Jane Gum. My uh, my cousin actually was in an episode of uh, of Monk, and Ted Levine is the the main detective. Yeah. And he's like, it's so weird <laughs> because he's like the nicest fucking guy, but you're looking at him like you're the dude. Art for, yeah, art for, like even Nicole this morning. She said, "What are you, what are you watching?" Well, I'm doing uh, Sounds of the Lamps. Man, that guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, Monk. She's like, yeah, everything I've ever seen him in. Uh huh. From then, you can't get it out of your head. That yeah, that's him. That's him. And he does uh, such a good job. Totally improvised dance. Yeah, totally Maybe improvised like, dance. Can you dance in front of a mirror? It's like, oh, I can do something. I'll, I'll give you something. Sure. Like that. The moment that I think this sums up the whole, you know, it puts it puts the lotion it puts the lotion on its skin. Oh, so it gets it does what it is told. It gets the hose again. It gets the hose again. And when she starts screaming, yeah, because she sees the broken off finger in the wall, and he just looks down. Ah, ah, it's. It's it's everything. Yeah, she her begging and pleading. He gets to where he has to scream at her so that he gets 
her humanity out of his head. Yeah, and torture him, and and, and the torture that he, he's showing her, giving to her, and uh-huh. feeding back on that energy. And he's like, you can see that slow change from just please do this, please do this, please do this too. Uh-huh. Now I'm feeding off this. Yeah. Now I'm do- getting everything I want because that's his process. Yep. Keeps him there two, three days. Yeah, yeah. Let's it, turns him to objects, all of that. And uh, he is <sighs> so dead on with just that that disconnected. And I love the, the whole thing. He was not born. He was made. He thinks he's a transsexual because he hates himself. Right. But he just no. wants to get out of his own skin yeah. and change to something else. And the fact that he fucking... Lecter is telling her shit right off the bat. Yeah. He wants to get out of his own his own skin. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Let me just spell listening. this cleanly out for you. Get <laughs> out of your skin, my dear. Um, yeah, his performance is one of those that's overlooked because it's it's a lot more subtle than it seems. He's not on the screen a whole lot, but when he is on screen, it's this reaction he gives, and this will be great for audio. Yeah. When uh, Starling is there in, in the house towards the end of the film, uh-huh. and he's looking for the card, you know, yeah, for the detective that interviewed him earlier, yeah, or the who, whatever it is, yeah, the brother or something, the brother, yeah, of the the woman who owned the, the house yeah. before, yeah, uh, a card somewhere, uh-huh. and you know, she slowly unsnaps her holster. Mm-hmm. He has the card, holds out to her, you know, at arms, or not arms length, this yeah, outstretched arm. And then when he knows something's up, he just puts the card back to his mouth. Uh-huh. Like, oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he didn't do anything. Yeah. He just hold it there. He didn't move around. Uh-huh. didn't move his eyes. He didn't, didn't twirl his mustache. Yeah. Just like, I can't believe this is happening right now. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. The dishwasher, yeah, just overflowed. I'm having a hell of a Tuesday. Yeah, oh my, mm-hmm. that oh, is good. That is perfect. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Yeah, because it is. That is what his mindset is. Because of course I'm going to get away with this. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm better. I got a gun under here. I'll just slip down to my gigantic basement. Yes, yes, and <laughs> then it's good. I'm right. good. I walk away. But yeah, everything about that guy's place screams serial killer. It's the bar cord of, of it, Zero yeah, 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 it's yeah. Like, you have to have a place that looks like this. Mm-hmm. You have to have random shit everywhere. Yeah. To the point where if you're a hoarder, I'm like, well, I don't know. You could probably kill somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's face it. Mm-hmm. Why do you just have a hubcap and a rag there and a yeah. stool on a hallway? Who does that? You have a tax code from 1976. Oh, do you have a well in your basement? Yes. We're just going to arrest you right yeah, now. You're under just, arrest. Yeah, you're... Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. gonna find something. Let's yeah. be honest. So what I'm saying is, pick up your place. Yeah, yeah. Throw them off the trail. Mm-hmm. Be smart about this. <laughs> now, the scene that that visually is so striking and comes the closest to a lot of the shit they do in Hannibal is the Lecter escape scene. Yeah. Uh, nowhere near as bloody as shit that they have done on network television on Hannibal. Not even in the ballpark wow. of shit that they have done on Hannibal. <sighs> on, on Hannibal, the wings of the angel that he has would not be his arms outstretched. He would have cut open the back of the rib cage and had that spread for actual wings. Ugh. Because nice. he's done it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, the escape, first off, I love what you said, because they're fucking lax. When they give that goddamn 
socio they, they give the pure psychopath his dinner. There are four billion police uh-huh. taking him to the airport. Yeah, there are four billion police in the lobby of this institution yep. slash hall. Whatever. Yeah, levels of police. Yeah. All of them. It's like yep. the fucking great hall of police. Uh-huh. Until we're going to go give this guy his dinner where we have to open up the cage. Yeah, we have. Something tells me that have some protocols. Yes. We Call have... the shotgun to the back of his head. <laughs> yes, they have uh, guys on, on both sides of him with shotguns pressed to his skull. Yeah. And if he looks like he's thinking about moving, he doesn't get to keep his head. No. Um, of fucking lamb chops. He requested lamb. He yeah. requested what now? Yeah. Maybe what? that was part of a deal, but really? How about a squeeze bottle of gruel, motherfucker? You throw through the bars. Yeah. There you go. Sorry, yeah. psychopath. Yeah, some bitch. Here's your shit. Be thankful I need that- I to the senator. Suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Really? Because I don't see the senator really? here. Really? Mm, let me get her on the horn, doc. Yeah. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. There's one of one of the, one of the cops. Hmm. Yeah, Mine. but I'm trying to find the guy who played the sergeant because that sergeant mustachio. Yeah, uh, Sergeant Tate. That motherfucker was on point. On point after the fact. A- after the fact. After the bed was shit, <laughs> he was on it. What do I say to him? It's Don Blood. You talk to him. like okay, okay. He's got his shit together. Yeah, that was one where. Eh, set that up a little bit, and the yeah, fa- I mean, fucking well, you fact have to, otherwise you don't have a, you know don't have the turn. But yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and how easily everyone was felled. Yeah, like g- goodness, good lord. Yeah, this is this is a bit in. Wow, you're crazy. You don't have superhuman powers, right? Because crazy is like angry. Yeah, it doesn't give you powers. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like I buy Mads Mikkelsen being able to fucking no, I buy whip ass his but way. Out I of buy room. it because they make a point of his conditioning. Yes. Like oh, yeah. Yes. Of course. Of course. I'm not saying that Anthony Hopkins has what we call a Barney Rubble physique. He has a Barney Rubble physique. But he has a Barney and, Rubble physique. In fact, in this one, he's you know pretty svelte. Yeah. Comparatively, but, he gets yeah, downright potatoey yeah. as time goes on. And even Brian Cox can see well. He's kind of bearish. Throw you around. Yeah. You yeah. Know, okay. But Mickelson, like, oh no, no. Yeah. That guy's a panther. Yes. Yes. So let's w- just keep away from him. <laughs> yes, we will run here. Mm-hmm. Um it's the old rifles. Yeah. Killer. Uh-huh. How about that? Mm-hmm. When he kills his way out of the ambulance, everything. Yeah, he killed a tourist, took his money and his clothes. Right. Wow. Wow. It's a lot of killing. And the minute that he gets to where it's like, no, he has clothes and cash, it's like okay. He's gone. Yeah. Well, we're 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 fucked, aren't yes. we? Yes, you are. Um Chilton. Man. God damn, every choice that that guy makes. You were right. You said the, the choices this guy makes. Uh, the, the choice in when you first see him. Baltimore can be a real fun town. You have the right guy. He doesn't do the closed lip trying uh-huh. not to laugh. He just shuts his mouth from his smile uh-huh. like a garage door. Uh-huh. Here's what's inside. Here's not. Just uh-huh. it's it's creepy. You might have told me this before. Save me the trip. Right. But then I would have been deprived of your company. Right. Very slick, of Clary. But yeah, he. Chilton is always supposed to have been a, a, a dildo. The guy you want to get killed. Yeah, yeah. In the show, you definitely got a better understanding of him. You know, yeah. you, you kind of had a, oh, he's not terrible. He's, he's uh. And you, you 
and they give him a lot more credit. Oh in God, yeah. Series. Like yeah. he is very, very intelligent. Yeah, incredibly intelligent. Uh -huh. A little arrogant. Yeah, well, a lot arrogant. Very intelligent. Uh -huh. Just not as intelligent as Panthor here. Yeah. Yes. So. And so we we set him up to <laughs> too bad. Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> he is not going to do well in this. No. But that yeah that that Chilton was you want you really want him to get fucking done in because. He screws up everything in that. They would have gotten the information from Lecter Cleaner, but no, he sees, oh, here's a way. Like, because Clary's whole thing was, we need to save these girls. Yeah. These girls need, this girl needs to be saved and we have to stop these killings. Chilton was, I need to be the one yeah. who saves them. I need to be able to write another book mm -hmm. about this. The spoiler coming in at all the wrong time. Exactly, exactly, and it's what that it's ambition. What that what ambition, vanity, and ego does mm. when there's a task that needs to be completed. Uh, his performance, though, holy crap! That's one of those where I think the leads were so strong with Jody. Well, what are being called the leads with Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins were so strong. It's real easy to overlook how outstanding uh, you know Chilton was. Uh, Crawford was good, but not, I don't think, as strong as Chilton was. I don't think he was as strong as Gum. The, 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 yeah, he also had less to. Right. He was there as sort of the. Dazzle you. He's like, I'm supposed to be the FBI strong guy, and here we are. He was kind of the, the a less involved Obi Wan Kenobi. He was like, <laughs> yeah. uh, you, try doing this. Uh, Tell him, uh, take a nap, Starling. Mm hmm. Look, I had to do this. This is what I had to do. Nine, nine, I'm so sorry. It's, I, I wish, it, it genuinely makes me wish that what followed had been more genuine. Mm. Because to me, Hannibal was not genuine. It was, well, I, I, it could have worked, but it ended up being about Hannibal. It ended up making the static character the hero. Yeah. And that doesn't work. No. And it's like why why I I don't I'm not interested in any of the new Pirates of the Caribbean movies because Jack Sparrow is a ver very much a static character. Yeah. Now granted, you've got, you know, Bond is a static character uh by and large, but there is some growth in learning, but also there's not there is not the request that we take Bond very, and I, I, I understand that I'm saying this in connection to Jack Sparrow. There is not the request that we take Bond seriously. Also, that's true. They're it, playing as close as you could superhero eyes, right? A character that's uh -huh. over time become a superhero. Yeah, Jack Sparrow. My issue is that he is too. I don't know. It, it, it feels like they're making him up on the fly. Well, he feels like the character in the ride. Yeah, yeah. He, he won as I rode the Pirates of the Caribbean ride with yeah. the now updated effects about a thousand times. Right. It felt like I knew what Jack Sparrow was going to say. Uh -huh. The little character Jack Sparrow's in three different shots, uh -huh. three different parts of the ride. You know what he's going to do. Everyone, hello, hello, doing his thing. Because that's what you want from the ride. Yeah. The movies have become another extension of the ride. Right. There's not much more you need to get out of it. Uh huh. Not saying it sh it couldn't be more right. or it shouldn't be more, uh -huh. but it's not gonna be. Right. It's just like, hey, here's a bunch of stuff that happens with people that you like. Right, right. 
And it, it just, I don't know. I've, I, part of it, it's not interesting, by the way. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not yeah. an apologist oh, for yeah. the fucking Pirates of the Caribbean movies at all. Part of it is I don't connect with Sparrow. It's just... Yeah, I don't connect to Sparrow. Bond makes a little more sense to me. Oh, and by the way, it is official. Craig is stepping down mm. after the next Bond. And part of me thinks, okay, are we doing this so that Idris will be able to play it without being too old? I still think of all the names that are thrown out for it because you're getting names like Damian Lewis is apparently in the odds makers over there hmm. are putting him a little bit ahead. Uh, you've also got David Oyelowo who played. Uh, yeah, I heard about uh, that. I, he did. The, he's doing a voice. The vo- audio books. Yeah, audiobook. he's doing the audio books. Um, you've also got you know Tom Hardy is thrown out in there, which yeah, would be interesting. interesting. That would be going along more along the lines that they've been doing, kind of the rough and tumble. Right. I think Idris. Personally, I really would like to see him. I like Idris, and I think it's an interesting idea. Uh-huh. I just don't know if it'll live up to what we've had so far. Right, right. He sounds good. He looks awesome. Uh-huh. I like him. Uh, I just don't know. You don't think, as the guy who writes the books now says, he's too street? I don't street. That's the exact words. Idris Elba. I don't. A lot of things well, come to mind with Idris Elba. Street. Is let's not be one of honest. Um, he said street because he didn't want to just come out and say, "Don't you think he's a bit too black?" Because that's too bad. You should probably yeah. just say that. Yeah, say that because you'd have <laughs> people may not agree with you and uh, hate you, but they'd respect you because you were, you know, being an honest, honest man about like, it. No, he's too black. Mm-hmm. Oh well then. Okay. Then. Oh well. Okay. Uh, I, nice. I'll be over here. Right. Shit! Did he Shit. just fucking he said say that? Huh? that? Jesus. But I oh, I never said there was anything wrong with it. What on earth do you take me for? But um, only because of the age thing. Right. Only, that's the only. Sorry, yeah. dude. But that's yeah. the only thing that pops to mind. Yeah, his age is creeping out. Is creeping up a little bit. But again, we'll find out. Yeah. Let this one come out before we start I worrying about the next a, one. A return to the more. Uh, Classic kind less of less action, more yeah, more uh, ladies' man kind of thing. yeah, yeah. I didn't want to call you Roger Moore. See, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. Look, you'll basically be Black Roger Moore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, there. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, he would. But be. you're not going to be as flousy as Roger. No, Moore. no you one know is. what I'm saying. No one is. I know flousy. you listen to the yeah. show. No one's as flousy as Roger Moore. <laughs> no. Let's be honest. No, he's uh, a woman's um, blouse. <laughs> Ladies' dress blowing in the breeze. <laughs> um, yeah, this though, I think of the films that have gone after the serial killer idea, it's the best in regards to accuracy, without question. Because so many of them are like, oh, he's a serial killer who's killing people based off different urban legends. Oh, that's God. not what serial killers do. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's a spree killer <laughs> with a sense of humor. <laughs> Oh, but it's also a little more like uh, bullshit. Yeah. Um, it seems they're again like monsters, you know, like a monster movie. They want to make them do this, this, yeah. and this, but not what you think they do because now they'll do X. Like, well, that's not how yeah. any Seven, human mind works. Seven's not a serial killer no. even. That no. is that is something totally different. No. That is a spree killer with an agenda. Right. But, you know, the serial, that is shit where... You, my favorite capturing of a serial killer, and it was the most obvious I want to get caught ever, was the blind, bind, torture, kill. Mm-hmm, yes. Because you heard about how we get caught, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, I, I, I like format a disc. There's like no way you can read what was on it before. No. 
No, there's not. Not a problem. So here's a disc. And <laughs> the level to which this motherfucker wanted to get caught, he could have gone and bought a packet of discs. Yes. Brand new ones would have been untraceable. The dude wanted to get caught. Yeah. He wanted to gloat. He yeah. wanted to say it was me the whole time. Ha uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. Twirl my mustache and say, you mm-hmm. didn't catch me. I wanted to get caught. Yeah. Now write a book and let me be famous. Yeah, and in yeah. the end, it is all about that. Yeah. Uh, there's actually a really fascinating thing so far as like a type of serial crime goes. There's a movie called Compulsion. Mm. It is fascinating. It's based on these weird true stories of one guy that they actually found, but the evidence on him was totally circumstantial. Uh, a fast food restaurant gets a call one night saying, hi, uh, this is detective whatever. Um, we had a report of one of your employees stealing something from someone. Uh, do you have the, well, you know, there's, there, is there a young woman working tonight? Yeah, but could you describe her to me? Oh, she's blonde about this. Yes, that matches our description. We need you to hold her in the office. For the, and like, it goes on and on from there to where it's like, with this, it, it is straight up like you need to strip search her, uh, sit her in there naked. Like, okay, you need like get like getting all this shit where it's like getting her to perform sex acts on guys there, and it, down to the point that like in, in compulsion and in this real one, that this kind of old guy who's you know works as a janitor there comes in and he's sort of ha- seems like the type that you'd uh, on surface be like, oh, he's going to get most into this. Walks in like girls and he's like, no, no, this is wrong. I'm calling the cops. And immediately the guy's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fucking with you. Hangs up. But it happened from all, like, to all these different places. And they mm. actually were able to, you know, dudes using, like, disposable cell phones and calling cards, like, like prepaid calling cards. And they actually had a guy who was a suspect that they even had down to purchasing a calling card that, like, at, at a Walmart. But it was still very circumstantial, so they mm. couldn't bust him. But that is a oh, compulsion. That is closer to serial killer because yeah. it is... Here's this thing I need to do, yeah. to do. I don't want to do this. I need to do this. Yeah. And that's the the difference is with a serial killer, it's a drive. It's there are hot and cold cycles because they will hit points where it's like, I might not ever need to do this. That's what made uh the tooth fairy in Red Dragon so scary is he finds the girl and they get along so well and it's like, I don't have to do this. No. The dragon's not going to leave you alone. Right. You cannot get away from this. Mm-hmm. It is part of who you are. Right. And mm, goddamn fascinating stuff. It is fascinating. Zodiac. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that. That's why that movie Zodiac is so. Yeah. It's so good and 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 done in a such a sober fashion. Yes. That yeah. It makes it all that much creepier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So subtle. But. Yeah. What I loved from the, the Zodiac type guy on Millennium was when they were talking about it's like, yeah, we thought we had him. He was in this park that we were searching for. Him. He wrote us with names and positions of detect uh, of officers and badge numbers. Yeah. Like, yeah, this detective badge number, this was located in this area. Like, he was there. And that's actually how they caught uh the Atlanta child killer. Mm. There was the Atlanta child is they, they did like fundraising shit and stuff. And there was one guy who kept showing up to volunteer that they found out, tried to become a cop a couple of times. Right. And they were like, that's him. Yeah. That's him. My favorite is how they caught David Berkowitz. He got a parking ticket. Oh, that's right. And the cops were like, the fuck is somebody from Staten Island doing in Brooklyn at two o'clock in the morning? Right. And that, and it was literally, that's what made them go, okay, we need to, we need to look at this guy. Look a little deeper on this. When John Douglas met him, the first thing he said, he sat down with him, he goes, 
all that stuff with the dog was total bullshit, wasn't it? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I, I, I made that up. <laughs> I just made that up to fuck with you guys. Like, well, awesome. Well done. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 one of those things. No, it's not some dog barking. At, the dog <laughs> barking might be something that drives him, you know, that might hit him in a way that causes more annoyance that makes him like, I can fucking go fucking do this. Yeah. But it's it's not Satan telling him to do no. these things, dummies. <laughs> gold. Yeah, it really is. It really it, is. Uh, the more you um, read, read into this subject and mm-hmm. watch more sober portrayals of this in film or television, uh-huh. the more it makes the following that much more awful. Yeah. I've just heard about it, and I'm like... You I'm, don't even know. Yeah. You don't even know. I'm curious. Don't be. But I'm like, it's everything about it's going to be incorrect. <laughs> incorrect. Yeah. It's... <laughs> what? What? Really? Why did he follow this motherfucker again? Because <laughs> he drinks and likes Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, anybody following me around? Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's awful. Yes. But this, Jodie Foster, so goddamn good in it. Hopkins was great, but that was such a, that was such a scenery-chewing role. It is. It, it was. Um, I... I can't really say that I blame him. Oh, not at all. It's it's kind of how this movie was built. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is much more, as I say, the horror movie. Yeah. Written more as a horror movie than anything else. I mean, they're, they're jump scares, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah. That drawer with the towel is a jump scare. Well, when you have a character of whom is said, he's, yeah, I hear he's some kind of vampire, there's no word for what he is. You're mm. you're going for something. Right, and that's fine. Yeah. Because it fucking works. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, it is so, yeah. powerful. It's good. Yeah. So, I think, does that about sum up our thoughts I'd, on... I'd uh, say so. ...the silence of the lambs? Well, uh, that being said... Uh, <laughs> all right. Thank you all for... Uh, for joining us this week. It was an interesting discussion and an interesting look at Silence of the Lambs. Now, join us next week for a criminally, criminally overlooked masterpiece that is The Long Good Friday. Oh, my. It is fucking Anthony, I'm sorry, Bob Hoskins destroying it in John McKenzie's absolutely just amazing Long Good Friday. That is spine number 26. Uh, until next time, you can check out a bunch of our other shows at uh, both on iTunes, where I implore you, please rate and review us. Please. Uh, you can also go to www.thefilmthugs.com. Check us out on both Facebook and Twitter. Eventually, I'm going to release more of those Life Masters, but I just keep forgetting because bit busy right. as of late. Um, uh, you can call us at 512-666-RANT and leave us a message that will be part of a hilarious comedy bit on our show. Uh, tell us a story, sing us a song, read us a poem, do what you'd like. Yes. Five one two six 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 rant. Also, we are on the underscore film underscore thugs on Twitter. I, I, I on Skype. The underscore film underscore thugs on Skype. We are just the film thugs on Twitter uh, and Vine. Uh, about sums it up, right? I hate everything. Everything is bad and bad, bad and bad. Thank you.
Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Young, hot Helen Mirren next week.